see all this Nick Robinson stuff? Nick Robinson? Oh, do you know who that is? Uh, the name sounds familiar. He's, he's a game journalist. He goes, he's at Babylonian on Twitter. Okay, yeah. We just Did you hear about all the stuff with him? No, uh, we are live, by the way. Oh, okay. I guess like a bunch of like sexual harassment uh, allegations towards him and stuff. Like that he was doing? Yeah. Yeesh. I don't know about a bunch of weird stuff. There's a I was reading like a Neograph thread about it. And, uh, and I first heard about it on the Giant Bomb uh, Reddit because he used to intern for them like years and years ago. But he's a he's like on Polygon, so he's on a lot of Polygon stuff. Yeah, I, I've definitely seen him on Twitter a bunch. Yeah, yeah, he pops up on Twitter a ton if you follow like, you know, people in the industry. Uh, I guess he's not great. I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to say, t- say at the moment. Well, that's a bummer to hear stuff like that. Which is why you all tune in here to the Top Down Perspective. <laughs> yeah, no, I have a friend who's really into a bunch of the stuff over there, so he's bummed to hear it. Uh, so, I don't know. People gotta be nicer, man. Stop being shitty people, people. Yep. Uh, anyway, Paul's not here. That's why he's not talking. I don't. Paul's working. I don't know where Paul is at the moment. Paul John's is an here. enigma. I am here in my house. Sean's here. I'm here. Uh, John, where were you last week? Why didn't La- we record? Last week, I was in Hamilton, Ontario for a convention for Con Bravo. That's where my bunch of my family is. I'm sure I say this every year. Is it always in Hamilton? Uh, so far. Okay. Then I probably mention this every year. It's always usually hot there. Is it hot? Uh, yeah, it was. Honestly, okay. but like we had, there were all these indoor paths you could take, which made it a lot more tolerable. Okay. Like the hotel was, was connected to a mall and also connected to the convention center, so it was just like, here's a bridge. Oh, we're there. Yeah, like a catwalk or something. Yeah. I was coming up from L.A. and when I was in the Central Valley, it was 47. Ew. yeah i mean luckily we were just in a car with air conditioning so we didn't really feel it but we like stopped like a pit stop at one point and that it was so hot it was crazy i would like stay in the car at that point well well we needed gas we had to go to the washroom so what are you gonna do i guess that's true someone in the chat saying it was fucking texas weather sean i'm actually going to texas next weekend so looking forward to that. I was gonna say, if you already survived forty-seven, you'll probably be fine. Yeah, but it's still. Uh, but suck. this one will have to be outside, like playing sports. Oh God, good luck. <laughs> yeah. Um, although last time I was there, it was just hot rain the whole time, which is miserable. That's probably the worst combination I can think of. <clears throat> anyway, Con Bravo. Let's talk about that. How'd that convention go? Uh, it was all right. Um, there were some weird decisions this year. First and I mean, the foremost one, in my opinion, was uh, the gaming room was moved outside of the convention center. Okay, like the free play area. Yeah, like the free play area in Combra was never like spectacular, but it was okay. Like they'd have like a couple systems set up, maybe some arcade games, a pinball table or two. And this year they moved it two city blocks down the road to that's pretty far yeah to uh, a store that one of the vendors runs called uh, one up games now they also usually okay. vend in like the expo hall but they also like they promoted the uh, the gaming room so they moved it all to the basement of their store which was kind of weird and it was like we went there and it was the exact same stuff they had in previous years give or take like one or two extra arcade machines 
So it was like, this is not worth walking two plus blocks in the heat to to for the same things that you could like, normally get. Like it was the exact same stuff at the convention or the no, same stuff exact, as the free exact, play exact, area last year? Yeah, that. Okay. So it wasn't what worth... What is on like the main like convention floor then? Like what do you, what do you do when you're not at the free play? Because I'm thinking like PAX. Mm-hmm. PAX has a, like a free play area too. Like it has several. Depending well, on I'm going to tell you right now, don't compare it to PAX. Like Combravo has like attendance of maybe 5,000. No, no, I'm getting it. I'm just saying like format wise, you know, PAX has like their free play area. Most conventions will have like their free play area. But, you know, PAX's main area is a bunch of like developers showing off their games. Yeah. Or, you know, like the Calgary Expo is a bunch of like vendors. Like what's the main f- part of Combravo? I mean, the main the main vendors hall is like a bunch of like shops that sell like games, plushies, ac- figures. Is anime, it a vendors hall? Like is that like yeah, the core it's, it's a, yeah. of it? OK, so it's kind of like Odafest then. Yeah. OK, that's a All better right. comparison. So there's a main vendors okay. hall that has Artist Alley. It has like shops where you can buy stuff. It has a couple of indie games for demo there. Uh, you can meet some of the guests there. Uh, then there's a bunch of panel rooms and then there's a, a dance. There's a rave. Uh, there's a little Nerf arena area. Okay. There's a bunch of stuff like that. Two blocks. That's definitely super weird. Cause like, even like with PAX, it's usually just like on a different floor. Yeah. But that it's still was, same building. I mean, PAX has stuff that's a couple blocks away. you have to get to, but they're mainly like panels and stuff. Not what to me. Would oh, be that's like, true. Yeah. I think I've gone. Yeah. Like I think like I went to an Omegathon one time that was like a block away. Yeah. Because they needed like a huge theater, like an actual theater theater. That's true. Uh, Did you did you do some panels? Yep. Uh, We had throne controllers as usual. Uh, We had a signing session and I was on my buddy Tom's panel, Unintentional Comedy. It covered a bunch of like multimedia that had like weird scenes that normally aren't, aren't meant to be funny, but they come off as funny. We talked about like com- what? What are like, some examples? Uh, There's a lot of clips from like Bollywood movies uh, okay. and like some Chinese martial arts movies. We had a bunch of like Archie comics. Wait, is it just laughing at different cultures? No, no, no. Like we we covered a lot of stuff from like North America too like, and games and stuff like that too. Okay. All right. Just checking. Did you have to like bring some clips or were uh, they all? I, I gave him some clips and comics beforehand. Okay. All right. Cool. But he he had plenty already. Okay. So no, that was fun. And that was pretty much all on Saturday. So that was pretty much all my Saturday was, was panels and signings. Okay. How long is the convention? How many days did you go? Uh, I was gone Thursday, came back Monday. The con started Friday evening at 5 o'clock and ended on Sunday evening at 5 o'clock. <laughs> so what was, what was Friday and Sunday for you? Friday was uh, just shopping in the vendor's hall. That's all okay. it was, picking up games. I, I finally finished the N64 collection. I didn't know you were collecting N64 games. You have every N64 game? Every North American N64 game. Oh, okay. What is there like a ton of Japanese only ones? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you're like, no, if you wanted to get every one, you're nowhere near complete? If I wanted to get every one, I'd be buying a lot of duplicates, basically. Like, oh, here's a North American version of Donkey Kong 64. Here's the Japanese, stuff like that. If well, that ta- doesn't count. What about like unique? No, that games? that depends on who you talk to. Um, unique games, it kind of has the same problem that North America does, where it's almost all sports. But there is a couple like unique Japanese N64 games I'm trying to find. There's one done by Treasure. It's like 
Rakuga Kids or something like that. It's a weird like cartoon, like crayon drawing fighting game. Okay. That one I'm trying to tra- uh, track down. But other than that, like, yeah, I don't know how many more I would need if I actually went to get all the. Yeah, if you were going for every unique N64 game, are you anywhere close? Like, is it doable? Uh, that's what I'm trying to figure out right now. Let me, give me one sec here. I guess while we're doing that, how many N64 games do uh, of does the, North America have? Like, of what the, did, how many do you need? 296, I believe, is the number. Okay. Of the console's 388 official releases, 85 are region locked to Japan. So that means 85 exclusive ones. 50 exclusive North America and four European exclusives. I don't oh, so you could just wrap up Europe like super quick. Yeah, and I'm wondering what the hell are those for? Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm going to guess something soccer or football. Yeah, what is uh, it? 196 what officially in Japan, 296 in North America, which is what I have behind me, and 242 PAL region. So what the hell are those four exclusive ones? Now I'm super curious. The people want to know. Full list of N64 games by region. What are you looking on? Like Wikipedia? Yeah. Okay. Premier, All right, well, I oh, sorry, I found it. Premier Manager 64, okay. Looney Tunes, Taz Express, F1 Racing Championship. Uh, That's three. I know. I can't find the fourth one, though. Oh, man. Oh, HSV Adventure Racing. Oh, no, that's Australian. Never mind. What are the Australian games? How many of those ones are there? Is there exclusive well, Australian? No, no, Austra- Australian games are PAL, so they're considered okay. PAL. All right. So does that count? Why does that? Does that count? I don't know. That this is okay. a headache. Jesus. Yeah. Right. But the big question is: So are you going to get all the Europe ones? No. No. Well, just I. I. It's probably not even worth it to be real. You can't play them, right? I can. Um. Because I have a Game Shark, I can just pop them on. Okay. Because uh, the N sixty four is. Only region locked because of a plastic tab in the uh, in the system. Okay, classic Nintendo. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's F one World Grand Prix two, F one Racing Championship, Premier Manager sixty four, which is soccer, and Taz Express. Those are the four exclusive PAL. Oh, so not a Looney Tunes one. It is oh, wait, Looney no, Tunes. Taz, yeah, Ta- Taz Express is the Looney Tunes one. But like we got that over here, I thought on a different system. I guess not. No, it says this is video game for the N sixty four. So what makes you say this is not worth it? I'm because for my opinion, it's got to be just as worth it as the N64 as the North American one. What to get the remaining four? Yeah. I mean, Taz Express might be worth it because apparently we didn't get it. But I I don't want three more shitty sports games. (laughs) But I'm but what I'm saying is in your pursuit to get all the North American ones, you probably got a whole bunch of ones you didn't want really anyway. You just did it for the number. Yeah, that's basically what I had to do for the last bit of it. Yeah. So how's that any different than just also finishing Europe? (sighs) 
See, the problem is you're using this logic. Now I can also end up doing the same thing for the Japanese games. Like it, <laughs> it doesn't end in by that logic until right. I get. I mean, the, all one, the one difference them. with the Japanese one is there's like what fifty or, or eighty you said that are. Uh, yeah, so that's, 80, a, that's a 80, higher number. Eighty-five original to Japan. I think I have four of them already. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying do it. I mean, I don't think you should buy games that you don't want mm. ever. But uh, j- knowing myself, like if it was just four more games, like it's just four more games. Yeah, but that's what set me down this path in the beginning with because I had like 90 games. I was like, oh, that's only 90 games. That's not that bad. And then if I get the four, like, oh, that, that's four. That's not bad. Oh, there's only 80 Japanese ones left. That's not that bad. Right. Well, I mean, no one's telling you to do it, John, except the little man inside you. I was going to say, no, so. you're actually telling me to do this right now. That's exactly I'm what you're doing. I'm not telling you to do this. I, no, I'm bull, like I said, bullshit. I bullshit. I think it would be funny if you did this. Yes, I'm not going to deny that. Uh, and I guess we'll tune in next week and see how many more N64 games you've purchased since then. But for now, yeah, let's do the let's do the podcast. So top down perspective for August. Fourth. You have to figure out which what month it was. <clears throat> August 4th. Uh, John here. Sean here. Like I said, it's been two weeks. Uh, John, what have you been playing? Not all that much due to travel, honestly. Um, Splatoon 2. Did you, you took it on the plane? I was going to ask. Yep. Okay. Uh, we started working through the single player uh, while I was on the flight and stuff like that. See, I thought a bunch of us were going to get together and play Switch games together because we had enough Switches there. We could have done a 4v4, no problem. For Splatoon, okay. for example, it's never happened. That's weird. The one time that we had everyone in a room, at least like that I was in a room with everyone, we were just watching Salty Bet and playing Jackbox. That arguably sounds better, eh, in my opinion. Less setup, definitely. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, so uh, Splatoon 2 single player is definitely better than the first one. That's not hard. Is it, but It seems super similar. It is super similar as well. But okay. literally, I think literally the only difference is more interesting bosses and you can actually use multiple weapons instead of just that one blaster. Yeah. So you only played the single player? Uh, no, I've played. I'm up rank four on uh, multiplayer. OK, I think I'm a little further than that. Not too much. That was um, that was probably my only gripe with the <clears throat> game so far. Well, no, I have a couple now that I think about it. Uh, one, I hated that they didn't let you start with all the cool new stuff until you got the rank four. I get that they wanted you to earn it, but it felt like it, it was a lot longer than it should have taken. It took me a lot of matches to get rank four. I think that's just because our teams kept losing. Yeah, I've been losing a lot too. Although when I go back to the app and I double check, I actually haven't been losing as much as I expected. But uh, I think it's just, it, it. you just need a lot of experience to level up. Mm. They just want you to play a lot of it. Yeah, I... I kind of get why they did that and kind of bummed out that they did but hey i like the new stuff i love the dualies actually are really fun the dualies are cool i always like i need to play more with them because i always forget to do the dodge yeah i'm not great with it yet are you playing with gyro controls um it depends on the controller i'm using if i'm using the pro controller no if i'm using like the hand the switch in my hands yes partially oh i figured it would be the other way around why what what made you do that split um i because the stick on the switch on the joy cons is too small oh is it is it a different size than than the pro controller yeah yeah i don't i don't have a pro controller so i don't know okay yeah so the pro controller is like bigger it feels more like an xbox one controller okay so uh yeah no i 
Although I missed, I think last time I messed around with the sensitivity a bit, and I got more comfortable with it in handheld mode. So I, I yeah, think, I think right now they both. Used to. I think right now they might both be off. Right. So I played the majority in gyro, and just like a few days ago, I switched it to analog stick because I was like, you know, I honestly don't care if I'm doing that well. I would just prefer to use the analog stick like mm. every time. Um, although the last few times I've been playing it, I was on a driving in the car, you know, just in like the passenger seat. So it's a little easier with the joystick for sure. In in that case. Um, Yo, uh, motion controls for Splatoon 2. I just realized something. Why is there no left and right tilt? It was the same in Spl- Splatoon 1, I believe. Yeah, but like Breath of the Wild had it. Why doesn't Splatoon 2? I don't know. It seems, you know like what? A, it seems like a weird if omission. If you want to start the conversation with why doesn't Splatoon 2 have blank, we're going to be here all day. That is true, because so, I'm also very upset about Salmon Run. So I haven't played Salmon Run. It's the, the one thing I haven't played. I hear it's really good. Salmon Run's but, excellent. It's real good. Okay. It's basically horde mode, is what it is. Yeah. Is it good by yourself? You've been playing it by yourself, I guess. I, I mean, you get paired up with other people, so... Yeah, I just spent... Have you been playing it like with friends using the cool chat app? <laughs> I do not have that chat app downloaded. Yeah, it's probably not really worth it. But I had some I people like it. at the con showing me what the chat app looked like. It looked cool, but like, eh. yeah, it's it's cool to see like your stats and stuff. Although, why doesn't the game do that? Yes, exactly. Um, and being and getting access to more clothes is definitely cool. But put that in the game. Like, what do you? Why not? Like, it's weird. It's a it's weird. Um, I guess my biggest gripe. Sorry, actually, let's go. Let's go through uh, Salmon Run. We already started that. Let's yep. go through Salmon Run. So, why do you like it so much? Uh, it's cool horde mode. The stage you have it on like is a different form each time. You get different bosses, different like enemies, stuff like that. Each round, you get a different weapon out of four. So uh, it for- right. it kind of forces you to also be good with all the weapons. Yeah, to like play your class. Yeah, which has basically taught me that I am garbage with the charger. I hate the charger. Is that the sniper? Yes. Yeah, I I played a level with um in the um single player with that one and I hate that level so much. Yes, very. Yeah. Uh but so yeah, like it's fun like you kill the bosses, you get these golden salmon eggs and then you have to bring them to like a container. You have to hit a certain goal before time runs out, but any extra ones you get are bonus points. And if you, like, do it enough, you get, like, extra unlocks in the game. Like, you can get, like, tickets, rare clothing items. You can get uh, extra money to go buy stuff, et cetera, et cetera. So it's it's, it's a separate mode from, like, Turf Wars. But it's on a timer. Like, it's it goes down for maintenance. Like, you you can't... Oh, that's right. I was hearing something weird about, like, when you can play it. You can't play it 24-7. It's... It goes down for hours. I think apparently they've gotten a little better with it. I haven't logged in lately, so I don't know if it's gotten better. But uh, people were saying, like, yeah, it would shut down for, like, three hours, and then it would be running for, like, five, and then it's down for another two, and then it runs for 12, and then it's down for, like, 12. It's just... Uh, Comet in the chat is saying it's now 24 hours every other day, basically. Which is still stupid, but that's... That's still weird. That's way better than what it was at launch. He's saying there's no more 12-hour periods. I'm assuming 12-hour periods where it's down? Uh, or, up, or maybe up or up, down. Either up, one, really. Yeah, well, it's one or the other, obviously. Some yeah. people are saying in some six-hour breaks. Which is, I don't yeah, know if that's like, a, why? Like, 
this is yeah i mean it's it's the same question of like why can't i play every stage at any point like why is it only two i yeah and then when they switch it you have to watch that cutscene again every time you turn the game on and you have to watch the cutscene of which levels it is like and yeah. you can't skip it i actually had it so the cutscene played showed me what the maps are then it put me back in the town and then immediately said oh the maps have changed and replayed the next cutscene i've had that happen once before as well and a lot of this is from like Splatoon 1. So here's my grievances with it. It's really similar to Splatoon 1. Uh-huh. And as a result, I'm probably not going to play it as much as I played Splatoon 1. And I didn't play a ton of Splatoon 1. Um, most of my time with Splatoon 1 was before it was released, when it was like really egregious about giving you stuff. And I know they kind of like fixed some of that as it went on, similar to how like they fixed Mario Maker as it went on. Um but I played most of my Splatoon 1 there. And now it's like, yep, this is Splatoon again. It does have more customization options, which are really cool. Um, and adding the Miiverse back in his, is always hilarious. Mm-hmm. I love going around to see all those little cards because they're all super funny. Um, and it, like, it is fun. Like, I do enjoy playing the online. It's probably just why I haven't played much of the Sam run because every time I'm in there, it's like, I'm going to play some online. I haven't played a ton of the single player either. I'm on the second world I yeah guess, i'm on the stage. Th- i'm on the third so i'm not too far ahead of you not too far yeah i haven't played a ton of it just because i have fun with the multiplayer like it's a good time you've probably played um, more multiplayer than me and i've played more single player so yeah um but then yeah there's just so many like little grievances that it's like hey yo it's 2017 why can't i leave the lobby <laughs> if no one's in this lobby why can't i leave it without turning the game off or you can't change loadouts um, Wait, I thought you could change loadouts now. I thought that was one of the things they did add. How do you change loadouts? I thought it was like plus. Or do you have to leave lobby? Uh, I know you. I, can you s- had to, I, th- I think you have to leave lobby. Someone's gonna have to clarify that. I thought that was one yeah, of the things that the people were praising know. that they added was the fact that you could just change your weapon stuff like while the next match is loading up. Um, Only with strictly friend games, if that. that per- someone thinks, yeah, we'll we'll let the chat kind of catch up a bit and let me go. Someone oh, thinks so you're talking about Mario Kart. That actually could be the case, but I thought Splatoon 2 also <laughs> had something similar. Like, I remember that yeah. being a thing people were excited about for Splatoon 2. Which, nope, lot of people say Mario Kart 8. Like, All right, never mind. All right, Mario Kart 8. Um, so, this, yeah, that's that's also ridiculous. Like, there are, there's so many times where I'm like, Man, I keep getting like destroyed by all these paint rollers. I gotta go be a paint roller, and then I have to like leave the room. And then somehow, whenever I choose paint roller, my whole team has chosen paint roller, and then we get destroyed as well. Mm-hmm. Any, but that's beside the point. Um, I just yeah, my big thing is it's so similar to the first one, which is a bummer. That's fair. I mean, it's only been what two years since Splatoon two, Splatoon one came out. If that's even plenty of time, Nintendo. That's the, that's the thing. And that's also my big complaint with the Switch is like, stop giving us the Wii U games. Like, I I bought a Wii U. Please, like, I get it. Like, from a business standpoint, they should do it. It makes sense. It just sucks for me. Mm. Or, you know, the person in my shoes who bought a Wii U and played all the Nintendo games and stuck with you, Nintendo. Well, here's the problem. They sold, what, 10 million Wii's li- or Wii U's lifetime or something like that? I, th- I think they're already at that for the Switch. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, Switch so, is doing great. Yeah, so like, it makes sense that they would retread that ground, basically. Oh no, I was way off. They're at only at five million. But still, okay, but they'll for, they'll pass it easily for sure. Yeah, it's only been out for 
five months, not even five months, maybe something around that. As of June 30th, it hit 4.7 million. So yeah, they're well over five at this point. Yeah. Uh, and the Wii U sold 13.5 worldwide as of March. So let's say, let's say for argument's sake, 14 million. It sold 14 million. So yeah, they're well on their way to beating that. I think at, by the end of this year, they said they wanted to have 10 million sold, which that's way better than the system that was out for five years and sold 14. Yeah. So, anyway, um, I don't know how much of Splatoon I'm going to continue playing because other stuff's coming out. And every time I want to go back to Splatoon, it's like, yeah, but I already played a lot of this, you know, two years ago. Mm. It's the same reason I didn't pick up Mario Kart 8 for it because I played a lot of all through all of Mario Kart 8. I don't need that again. Um, And I just keep hearing more and more things coming to the Switch. And it's like, come on, give us something new. I don't want to wait f- just for Ninten- uh, Mario in November. I mean, like, oh, well, the Rabbids game's coming out in a couple weeks. That's true. The Rabbids game, which I hope is good. Everyone's been real interesting. Everyone has been saying good things. I'm, I'm yeah. cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I feel like the only reason I'm cautiously optimistic is because Rabbids is in the title. Yeah. Um, what What's so, the big September release for Switch? Because there's a game every month up till November, like a major title. Because it's Rabbit, uh, it's Rabbids for August. I, October I is, is uh, Odyssey. Mo- Odyssey. Well, it's November. I. That's what I'm trying to remember. I don't remember September and November, but I know this will be something. Are you sure something. there's something in on for Switch in September? Uh, uh, maybe not. September. Upcoming Switch games. Let's see what this IGN list has. Uh, okay, September. Oh, Fire Emblem. Oh, Wars hey, Rayman Legends is coming out. <laughs> Hooray. Oh, oh, it's oh, it's Pokémon Tournament DX. You know, that Wii U game that came out? That, is that September? I thought that was this month. Uh, as IGN says, it is September 22nd. All right, never mind. I thought it was August. And that's the only thing mentioned. All right. So I guess that was what I was thinking so of. It's got to be that one. And I know they're coming out with like the controller again for it. So. Uh, I have no yeah. idea what November is then in that case. I mean, Pokémon's good. All these games are good. I just played them on my other console i mean i i get that i'm in the same problem too like yeah now i have two versions of the same game just like slightly updated but for those who didn't get a wii u this is great yeah like i said i totally understand it makes it's great from like a business standpoint it's just a bummer for me yeah so i don't know but whatever i'm just been playing anything else i'm just waiting for the eventual reveal that mario maker is coming out for switch yeah that'll happen too i already played mario maker though but yep i'm sure that'll happen um i actually think that might be it i thought i was playing something on no i didn't shit i was gonna play donkey kong country 3d or returns 3d on the trip okay. as well but i ended up just playing splatoon 2 so yeah right. no i have not really been playing much at all i've mainly been uh, focusing on other things yeah i can't exactly remember what i played last week but this week I've, i'm still trucking through uh Layton mystery journey nice uh that game is super buggy Oh, that was uh, nice. My game clock was it was around nine hours at one point, and then it switched over to ninety nine hours and fifty nine minutes. Wow! And then it was just blank for a bit. Nice. And now it's back to being correct. So I don't know <laughs> how it like managed to hang on to the actual time, but just not show it. I don't know. Um, I think I just kind of hate every character in that game. It's like. So I feel like I'm like two sided on this. It kind of feels like a Scooby-Doo game where it's like, well, you know, it's not 
It's not going to be real. It's going to be like a dude in a cloak, right? Um, but instead of that, it was just like, oh, I wanted friends. So, yeah, I pretended to be a ghost. It's like, what are you doing? You had the police involved. Like, are you kidding me? Like, that's been the case like twice now. It was just like, I wanted some more attention. What's the big deal? Like, anyway. Um, and then it just made me think, I wish there was like a Scooby-Doo game that was basically just a latent game, but it's the mystery game. Like, I don't need platforming or anything silly like that. I don't need, I don't need the running into different doors aspect of it. They can do cutscenes. I think a Scooby-Doo game would be pretty funny. So you just want um, a good Scooby-Doo game, basically. Yeah, I just want Professor Layton Scooby-Doo edition, where you're hanging out with those guys. You know, maybe there's, you know, they split up into three groups and whatever. And I'm fine if it's a dude in a cloak at the end, because Scooby-Doo earned that. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I but Scooby-Doo yeah, I'm still playing that uh, trope, so. Exactly, right? Yeah, meddling kids. Um yeah, so I'm still playing through that. I understand it's like 20 hours long. So um, you're halfway done, basically? I'm a, Yeah, I'm a little over halfway. If the game clock is right, I don't know. I haven't been like time. Well, myself. you hit 99 hours, so apparently you're already done. You beat it a couple times. Yeah, no, 100%ed it five times. <laughs> it's the best game, game of the year. Um, So yeah, it's, fi- it's fine for what it is. They just put an update out today that said bug fixes. I think they added autosave in there as well. Nice. I, I kept getting an icon in the corner, which is great. I kind of wish uh, they had released their patch notes because um, I'm interested. I know players are usually interested in reading patch notes. I would love to, you know, if they're fo- fixing stuff, I would love to focus on that. But based, I, based on I'll what wait. you're telling me about this, I'm just going to wait for the 3DS version. Well, I I think my biggest issues with it won't be fixed in the 3DS version. Like uh, there's no co- there's no it's split up into different cases so it's different it's not like one continuous story which i i'm kind of bummed out about but i understand they should do something different they did you know six and a half games of that formula and my main issue is just a lot of these characters i'm just not super invested in uh and there's no like real cool conspiracy happening or whatnot i hear the last three cases are actually pretty good um but you know that's you know probably like 17 hours into the game or whatever it is um, so I think the handheld, the mobile one is is fine, uh, especially if they are fixing the bugs and whatnot. And it's probably going to be cheaper than 3D US, 3DS one anyway, which I think that's the big key is get it where it's cheaper because this is so far a fine version of it. Um, and then the thing I've been playing the most is Pyre. OK, I've been curious about this. This is yeah. Supergiant Games' new game, right? Yeah, third game. Um, you played Bastion, right? Mm hmm. Yeah, and but I don't think you played Transistor. I sat down to play it once and then for some reason didn't. Okay. <laughs> a lot of people seem like they weren't really into Transistor, uh, which I, I like Transistor. It is kind of a weird game, uh, and I would say Pyre is also a weird game. Bastion is just like an action, like brawler, basically. Yeah. Pretty, pretty self-explanatory. But Transistor and Pyre both do something different. This is a visual novel, first Ooh. and foremost. Okay. Which I like, uh, you know, I, as people know, I'm really into like narrative heavy games. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm really into this. The world they set up is really cool. You're a bunch of exiles. You're in like some. I don't know if you're in like purgatory or you're in something kind of like purgatory, but you, some, you did something wrong and you've been exiled and you need to play this weird orb basketball game enough to make your way out of being an exile, basically. So it's. It's a visual novel with some sweet orb dunks. Um, the art is fantastic as usual. It's it, Supergiant's 
the artist they have on there, it's, it's you know similar art, looks great. Music really good too. You know the whole presentation is fantastic. But um, if you don't like visual novels, this won't do it for you. Um, but there is still like your characters do level up when you play with them, and you get to give them items so that they can do different things, or they can their skill trees and whatnot, but do really cool stuff. Uh, but let me talk about the rights, which is the, the sport game involved. And I talked about this a few weeks, uh, months ago when I was playing GDC, when I was playing GDC, when I played it at GDC, but it's kind of like this weird NBA jam, like three on three. And you have to pick and you have, there's a, like a fire, which is the pyre on each side. And that's like the goal. You have to pick up the orb and either throw it into the pyre or jump into the pyre. So you can take a shot or you can get like a dunk basically. Um, when you touch, when you have the orb, you don't have a shield up anymore. So if the enemy touches you, uh, you get banished and, t- and then your character will respawn after like five seconds and you can get, uh, abilities that'll let you come back sooner or items that let you come back, uh, more quickly. And if you do an orb dunk, you're banished until the next team scores. So there's actually, uh, some strategy. Do you want to throw it in or do you want to just uh, do a dunk because it's easier to just run right into the fire or jump over the enemies into the fire than it is to take a shot. So you got to kind of decide what you want to do. And each character you get will have different um, abilities. Like I just got this winged like harpy who can fly over top of enemies. Um, I have a dog that can do like a double jump. I have this one guy who instead of shooting out like his aura attack, he just self destructs. So I really like like running him right to their side and blowing up like everyone and then just having someone else pick up the ball and run in or something like that. Tons of different strategies. Characters will move differently. They'll have different kinds of attacks and whatnot. Um, And then I understand at some points, once characters like get strong enough, you can actually send them away like they'll make it out of exile and then you'll continue the game without them. So I understand the story will branch off in different ways on who you hang on to and whatnot. And it seems I, I heard the trophies kind of reflect like you you'll want to like replay it to see like different stuff going on uh because i guess this like i said the story does branch quite a bit i've put maybe five or six hours into it already and i think i've played about maybe somewhere around six rights nah probably a little bit more than that maybe around eight different of the games so like i said it's a lot of uh reading in the story and then you get to play these more uh, how, how long per session are you playing the basketball game say the basketball game so far it starts off pretty easy i understand eventually the ai gets a lot uh, trickier and you actually can lose and the game will progress like you don't need to restart it the story will just change if you start losing or whatnot um which is also quite interesting um but i think what a game roughly takes me about 10 minutes or so like i said i've been doing pretty pretty well so i'm assuming they'll get a bit longer when i start uh when the AI starts fighting back a bit more aggressively. Um, yeah, you, you can just like restart anytime you play the the sport. So if you're like losing significantly, you can just restart it and kind of save scum your way to win it. Um, and from what I'm told, the game will actually point out like, hey, it's okay to lose. Like the story will continue. Like, don't worry about it. I don't know if I can do that though. Mm-hmm. Uh, just knowing myself, I'm going to kind of want to like play, like just win them all or something. I don't know, maybe on like a second playthrough, I'll just kind of like just see how it goes. But I don't know. I understand the game's about 10 hours long. Uh, maybe a bit more than that. I think I heard t- 10 to 15 actually now I think about it. So I'm about a third to a half depending on 
what what's more accurate. And I'm really I'm really enjoying it. It might be my favorite uh, super giant game at the moment, uh, just because of the the heavy influence on the story, and I I'm really liking all the characters and stuff. And uh, that's uh that's all I played. You think you're gonna try out Pyre? You like the other ones? Thinking about it, maybe I don't know. Like, what is it on right now? Just Steam or or Steam? Steam and PS4. And PS4. Okay. Yeah. Which I actually found out I can buy digital codes on Amazon down here and redeem them on my account, which say was going to save me a lot of like jumping through hoops credit card wise. Um, and Pyre was a uh, they had it on sale for like 18 bucks on Amazon. So that's when I picked it up. I think on launch day as well. So. But yeah, you should. I recommend it. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I just don't know how much you're going to want to play a visual novel. So, OK, well, that's cool. It sounds cool, at least. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's and there is a versus mode if you want to do just the sports, but it's I think it's local only. You can play against uh, computers, but I think uh, multiplayer wise, it's just local. Uh, but that one's cool because you can play as the enemy characters as well. You can have them on your team because you meet tons of different characters. That's probably like one of the coolest parts is when you're doing the sports, you're um, you're you're the night wings and it's revealed to you pretty early on. That like you're you're not the actual night wings. Something happened and you guys just like claimed their their like colors and their name and stuff like that. So you're pretending to be the night wings and everyone just knows you as the night wings. Um, but every team you come across, like it's like a sports thing. Like they have their own colors, they have their own play style, they have their own captain and players and stuff like that. So it, it's pretty interesting. It's uh, pretty cool. cool. All right, let's go on to the news. A good chunk of stuff happened in the last two weeks. Um, let's talk quickly about Pokemon Go Fest. Oh, man. That's how far back we are. All right. Yeah. This happened the weekend after our last podcast. Um, so uh, two weekends ago, Pokemon Go Fest was a event happening in Chicago where they were going to like get a bunch of Pokemon Go players together and they're going to do a bunch of crazy fun stuff and whatnot. Um I'm not, that's when they uh, let out the first legendary. I don't know if they said they were going to do that. They, or, it was heavily implied. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking is like if they were hinting at it or if they actually said, you know, a legendary will be there. But I understand it was a small park and it was packed, completely packed to the point that classic Pokemon Go, it the game wouldn't run. And people got pissed. And now, I, could, I would understand it. Like, I understand pe- there was a good chunk of people that, like, d- like traveled to get to this thing. Uh, there's some diehard Pokemon Go fans. So there was uh, bugs on Niantic's end. There was bu- uh, issues with the cell towers, trying to get things up like that. Uh, I was watching some, like, super uh, cuts of, like, all this, like, major things that were happening. People would come out and try, you know, discussing, like, how, like, you know, their little canned speeches of, like, how you guys having fun? And everyone was just like, no, Mm. we can't play the game. Like, at some points, I understand people were, like, chanting, let us play. um, Or the game won't work or something like that. Uh, Which which is pretty crazy. So, yeah, for a good chunk of time, people couldn't play the game at, at all. Uh, but they did release some legendary Pokemon and they're on, they've released more since then. Yep. So right and now it's, uh, at the launch, they gave, uh, Lugia and Articuno launched. Yeah. And then and that was for everyone else as well. Like we could do it too. Yeah. 
And and now Arnacuno's gone and Moltres is there. Yep. I think Zapdos is next week. Yep. Um I haven't caught any of them because I don't have enough people to do raids with. I all I got, my friends stopped playing it. I got stupid lucky. I was driving around town and then I just saw a bunch of people running up to a hill and then I realized it was a Pokemon Go gym and sure enough it was an Arcuno. So I joined Did in. Did you join them? Yeah. Okay. So I joined Were in. Are you high enough level? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think you only got to be 25 to do raids. I just hit 25. Oh, I'm recently. I'm level 30. Oh, you've played a lot more than me. <laughs> uh, Which is surprising. Yeah. So uh, I went up there and we fought it. And with 20 people, it was a breeze. I went through okay. like two or three Pokemon, but like we, we got it. Problem is, uh, the catch rate on Articuno is insanely low. I think only two people out of the 20 actually got Articuno. I'm assuming you did not? Nope. Yeah, so... Um, well, maybe it'll come back one time. I kind of wish it wasn't like raid-specific, because I just don't want to have to group up all the time uh, with with randos, but I guess that's the point. But, you know, anyway. Um, so, uh, they refunded everybody's... Uh, Pokemon Go Fest ticket. I don't really know how much that was. And they also gave everyone like 100 Pokemon coins. Or $100 in Pokecoins. I think yep, it was $100. $100. In Pokecoins. Yeah, 100, um, 100 Pokecoins is nothing. That is actually a dollar. So Yeah, that, make, that makes more sense. Um, but anyways, I guess it was a total shit show. And uh, classic Pokemon Go just letting everyone down. I mean, they had they tried, they failed. I heard something about Verizon was the one that kind of fucked them over for the towers. Because apparently, yep. I, there's a lot of like he he said she said kind of going on around with this right now. But yeah, I don't know. I don't think I would have gone that far for di- like a digital game, like one game. Oh yeah, no, I wouldn't have. I, I mean, I'm surprised it wasn't in San Francisco since Niantic is there. Mm. I mean, if it was in San Francisco, I'd probably go to that. That's just like an hour train ride. Yeah, because you're local, so that's not as big a deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, but even like, yeah, even like the small part of me was like, oh, I could go to Chicago. I've never been there. Like, I could have just like made this as part of like a fun weekend trip. Like, I'm glad I didn't because this was just the worst. Mm. So. Yeah, apparently people like were, I forget if we talked about the lines. Apparently people were stuck in lines to get into the park for like three hours and some people didn't get in at all. That was also true. Yep. Yep, yep. I understand it wasn't that big of a park either, so that's kind of crazy too. I think they overestimated or underestimated how popular the damn game is. Which is weird because they had the uh, an awful launch as well. So like they should know like just expect the unexpected. I don't know. Whatever. Pokemon Go is always disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, Nest classics have been popping up in weird ways. Oh in God! The last yeah. Week or so so a week. Last weekend, I guess Amazon has something called like the treasure truck. The what? Yeah, it's it's, it's called. I think it's the Amazon treasure truck. Let me double check this. Amazon treasure truck. Yeah, that's what it's called. The Amazon.com treasure truck. And this is a truck like a big hauler hauling truck that I guess drives around and shows up in several cities. Um, I know Atlanta. There was one. There was one in L.A. And it was basically they'll have rare stuff there that you can go to the truck and buy from. And they had Nest classics. Uh, I was in LA actually. And I was like, I might as well sign up. Like I doubt I'm going to drive anywhere. Cause LA is a huge city. 
Um, but then I was stupid and I put in my regular zip code because I mean, can you blame me? I don't know L.A. zip codes off the top of my head. Um, 90210, was that an L.A. zip code? Can I just on that? Yeah. Oh, man. I didn't even think about that. Oh, well, hindsight is twenty twenty. Actually, I think that's like Orange um, County, but yeah, it's California. Well, that's the thing is it's based on city, so I can't just do California because I did do a Californian zip code, <laughs> but I did a Bay Area zip code. And they were like, um, we'll let you know when the truck's in your area. And I was like, all right, well, I don't care, really. Um, but yeah, so a few cities had the treasure truck and you could go there and buy a uh, Nest Classic, um, which is uh, just a weird thing. Uh, another uh, way Nest Classics popped up in the last week or so is Think Geek. I guess had a whole supply of them, and they bundled them up with a bunch of garbage. Uh, I think the cheapest bundle was around 140, mm-hmm. and you had to buy like Tetris cube lamps or something like that. Yeah, uh, and then I think they went up to like two something. Two two twenty. I think I, I had a chance. I was on the page when I went, and I could have clicked one, and I was like, I really don't need like. A Mega Man helmet. Mm. I don't need that. And like, I don't want any of this other stuff. So I didn't do it. Um, but yeah, I guess people are just some retailers have a few more. So or, uh, or, Think Geek is owned by GameStop. So GameStop is hoarding them again, apparently. Uh, yes. Rumor has it in August, they're doing a, a one a day giveaway again or something like that. Or each store is doing a one a day giveaway. I forget what the full thing is, but they're giving away a ton as well. So really they're just, they're hiding them and just taking them out when they're convenient. When there's no games coming out and they need people in the store. Yep. Yeah. Um, NES classics. Uh, so SNES, uh, SNES went on sale a couple weeks ago <laughs> at Walmart pre-orders. Everyone got one. I actually didn't get one. I was at the gym. Uh, Walmart canceled all those. Yep. Cause the pre-orders was, went up too early. I guess it was like a glitch in the system or something. I don't know. But everyone, they canceled every single one of them. And then this last week, Nintendo said uh, that pre-orders officially are going to go uh, up at the end of August. And that they said they're going to have a lot of them. Still don't so, believe them. I, They might have more than the NES. I doubt they're going to have enough to meet demand. Um, but, you know, everyone get excited or get ready for the end of August. I don't think we have a day, like an actual date set. I don't believe so. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, so we know a little bit more about when they're happening. Keep your eyes out, I guess. Uh, okay, Overwatch. Some little bit of tiny bit of news. The new event is the Summer Games again. They're back. You can play some Lucio Ball. Hooray! And I guess I guess you can get the costumes from last year as well. Hooray! Which I understand people are kind of upset about that. Mm. But, I mean. They're upset. They're upset because there's nothing new, or they're upset because they're getting a second chance. I think they're upset that they, like, some of them spent money, or they worked really hard to get the stuff, and it's no longer like exclusive. Like it's less rare because more people have a chance of getting them now. Please. I don't know. It's the internet, and people need to calm down. Um, but yeah, Lucio Ball, I guess, is back. I have. I actually don't know if this has started yet, or if it's soon. But Lucio Ball was kind of fun. Seeing Serbia says there's a lot new, but I haven't. You can get new skins and old skins. Okay, people are babies. Yeah, people are babies. Uh, all right, so there's a Reddit post that I guess Midnight Club Remaster is going to be a thing. Really? I guess. 
Which, I could see that. Midnight Club hasn't been around for a while. Mm. I'm looking at these links, and a lot of them go to a bunch of broken pages. I don't know. It's probably going to get announced later on. But Midnight Club might get a release. You excited? No, I was never super into Midnight Club. But isn't that where Geometry Wars was launched? No, you're thinking Project Gotham Racing. I am thinking of Project Gotham Racing. I'm actually okay with Midnight Club. I remember they had cool soundtracks. Um, okay, here's a weird one. Uh, GameStop is going to be open on Thanksgiving this year. Why? I'm assuming because they hate their employees. Probably. Um, I, I guess I guess this also set up for Black Friday, so maybe that's more so what it actually is. I mean, I feel like you could set up for Black Friday the day before Thanksgiving and still have Thanksgiving off. Uh, this is just shitty. Mm -hmm. um, I think 2013 was the last year GameStop was open on Thanksgiving and then they grew a heart. <laughs> and, and apparently it died. Yeah, they died because no one's buying used games and everyone's buying digital and they need to be open on Thanksgiving. And I feel bad for those people. That sucks. Uh, in worse news, Rock Band Blitz is getting delisted at the end of the month. This was the one on Xbox Arcade, XBLA. Yeah, this was the one where you would like jump around tracks and you you. So it was, so it was, two it was amplitude and frequency. Kind of, yeah, and it was two buttons, and you would and you could also play like pinball at the same time. They had weird modifiers and stuff. Rock Band Blitz is actually really fun. I had a lot of fun with that game. Um, there's some good songs you can get in there. Like it's a, if, if you're just trying to get more rock band songs, highly recommend picking up rock band blitz, but uh, it's getting delisted from PlayStation network and Xbox live on August 28th, uh, which is a bummer. Uh, but you can get like always by blink 182. That's a good song mm. or stronger by Kelly Clarkson. I don't hate that song. Did you have to buy DLC for the songs as well, like you did in Rock Band, or did it just come with a bunch? It came with a bunch, and I think your songs worked in it. I'm not 100% sure about that one. I know Rock Band Network songs definitely worked in it. Not that anyone's playing that anymore, or can play those anymore. Anyway, uh, it's a fun one. Oh, here we go. If you've ever bought any Rock Band DLC, it's compatible with Blitz, so you, all your songs worked. Okay. Um, all right, probably some of the biggest news. Uh, the Gearbox 2.0. Game, Gamerbox 2.0, sorry. Gamerbox 2.0. This is a uh, KFC and Mountain Dew collab, a hot collab. What? Um, it's in India. You got to go to India to get one of these. John, I know you're looking at these pictures. Can you describe what we're looking at? Uh, imagine a KFC like chicken box. But on each side of the box is half of a controller. I'm still not sure what the top is. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> uh, the top is a phone holder that you put on there. What the fuck? Uh, opening the box, <laughs> you will find one KFC chicken zinger burger, one serving of chicken popcorn, <laughs> fries, and a choco pie. Outside, you'll find a can of Mountain Dew attached to the top. Now that we're done with the lunchbox That's hilarious. element... That's hilarious. I didn't know that. Now that we're done with the lunchbox element of the packaging, let's move on to the gadget bits of the Gamers Box 2.0. Simply put, the Gamers Box 2.0 is a wireless gamepad for Android and iOS smartphones that looks like, well, a gamepad sawed in half and separated by a lunchbox. 
Some of the controls are on the left while others are on the right, and the top of the box has a grippy mount to horizontally place your smartphone. Once you've followed the pairing procedure and connected your smartphone to the controller, you can then start using it to play games in much the same way you would using a handheld gaming console such as the Vita or 3DS. The device is officially compatible with a handful of games on Android and iOS, but will realistically work with most games you can download on the App Store or Google Play. Try you know what I'm a- saying? Who needs a Switch? They're coming at you, Nintendo. This is so stupid. We tried it with Asphalt 8, Airborne, Muffin Knight, and a few others, and it worked fairly well with all of them. It's particularly useful with games that use straightforward directional controls, such as racing, role-playing, and first-person shooters. I just want to point out what you're reading is a, a quote from the, Destru- De- the Destructoid uh, article about it. The device itself has a whole list of buttons on it, including two joysticks, a D-pad, four selection buttons, two trigger buttons, and a whole list of smaller buttons for selections as well as media controls. It's a decent gamepad controller and switches and on and pairs easily with most phones. Bluetooth connectivity means the device kit will need frequent charging, and a micro USB port is present on the device for this. Unfortunately, though, there's no bundled cable for charging, so they use your own phone's cable to get or get one separately if your phone doesn't charge using micro USB. And apparently, not only do you have to go to India to get one, uh, you have to win it. And there's only yeah, ten, to see and there's a, only ten of them. I'm trying to see if there's a or is that like just a, a joke? I can't tell if that's a joke. I, I'm not sure I'm looking at the Destructoid thing. Uh, but if you go to Destructoid and look up this article, there's also like an unboxing video, which I can't wait to watch after this, and just the trailer for it as well, which I'm also excited to see. Um, they're talking about what this controller is and how much like that thing costs. This is not the first time KFC India has made a gadget, though. They also briefly sold a box of chicken that charged cell phones. Oh, nice. Wow. What is that? No, I don't need it. Appar- apparently, a box. <laughs> apparently someone, this is a controller that's on the box, is like a rebranded controller. Because yeah, if you, if you look a little bit down in the article, you actually see a picture of the proper controller. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great. This looks, this looks so stupid. Yeah. Um... Here's a bonus fun fact at the end of this destructoid article. There are more calories in a 12-ounce can of Mountain Dew than there are in a fried chicken drumstick. Mm. It's much healthier to eat the actual cardboard box itself. Anyway, Gamer Box 2.0. I'm kind of curious what the 1.0 was. Uh, clearly, we missed it, and we are sorry. <laughs> Uh, last bit of news. Activision is going to bring back more classic games since uh, um, Banjo Crash ex- Bandicoot. wildly exceeded Crash Bandicoot. expectations. Crash what did ba- I say? You said Banjo. Oh, yeah. Banjo-Kazooie is a fun game. Crash Bandicoot wildly exceeded expectations, as, as they say. So they're looking at Spyro, I guess. Or maybe they haven't said, and I, this is just a headline picture of Spyro. Let's see. It's just a headline picture of Spyro. We knew that there was a passionate audience out there for Crash. Full disclosure, myself among them, but we had no idea it'd be this popular. Yeah, I think I heard like it was one of the top selling games last month. It was the best selling game last month, apparently. It was? Okay. Let's see. uh, Also hinted that we haven't seen the last of Crash Bandicoot by a long shot with a brand new... with brand new entries, a possibility. Uh, oh, personally, we'd like to see Crash Team Racing, the original Spyro, 
Yeah, so they haven't really said. Uh, I think you can be confident there will be more remake remaster activity like this in the future with more great IPs. What do you want to see, John? From Activision. What do you want them to bring back? Bring back Call of Duty 4 again. Um, I mean, Spyro. They have it. They might as well use it. Did they do Conquer? No, that's Rare. Oh, that's right. You're, you're just thinking of Rare. Can you blame me? I'd rather just think of Rare, to be honest. But that, that all already got re-released on the Xbox One in Rare Replay. Did they have Conquer on that? Yes, it did. I, completely, I didn't play much of that remake. I should. Or that port, I should say. All right, that's it for news. Uh, let's move on to some questions. If people want to send questions in, it's uh, topdownperspective at gmail.com at TDP podcast on Twitter, Facebook group, Discord, John's P.O. Box. And you could just you could sound just like Eduardo, who asks, when do you feel justified using a guide when playing a video game? When you don't want to replay the same area over and over again. I my thing is, if I'm playing through a game and it's got like some collectibles that are annoying to find and I want to make sure I don't miss any because I don't want to play through the game again. That's like when I usually break out a guide. What about like a puzzle? I'll I'll usually slam my head against a puzzle for like an hour, and if it's been that long or like some insane amount of time, I'm like, all right, final cave. Okay, so you're not you're not going to be like, I won't use it until playthrough two. No, if it's yeah. just if it's gotten to the point where it's actively hindering my enjoyment of the game, then I will just go. I'm like, I think that's that's the part where you, yeah, you do it. To be fair, I, do it whenever you want. I don't think you need to like justify it. Um, but for me, it's definitely like if I'm no longer progressing and I've tried everything I can think of, it's like, yes, I'll look at a guide to get past this one part and then I'll go back to the guide when I'm done or when I need it next. Like as soon as I'm not having fun, I'll break out the guide easily. All right. Why don't you take this next one from Sombrero Mustache? Uh, Sombrero Mustache writes in and says, good evening, Mr. Mr. and Mr. TDP podcast. Recently, I bought the new 2DS XL because I've never had the 3DS and I want to replace my old DS. I never really got into the DS's library. I just played Kirby, New Super Mario Brothers, and Kingdom Hearts. So I'm looking at this as the jumping point into the DS and 3DS library. What are some games worth picking up? Ooh. The, the Phoenix Light, the Phoenix Wrights, the Professor Layton's. Yep. I feel like we have to say Ghost Trick. We're yep. contractually obligated Ghost Trick. to. Yep. Um, I am literally looking at my wall right now. Uh, any, I mean, anything from Nintendo is going to be good. Pretty much, yeah. Like, you can like, get Pacross 3D, Pacross <laughs> 2D, or I guess it's just called Pacross. Pacross 3D 2. No, it's true. 3DS is also in an option here. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of some of my favorites. There's some great Fire Emblem games on there. 999. Oh, that's, yeah. All of those, I think, are on 3DS. Those get, are all great. You can get some Advance War games. Yep. I guess you could play that Smash Bros. one. Yeah. It's a fine version of it. Mario Kart 7 was real good. Mario Kart DS was good, too, but it's definitely aged. But like Mario Kart yeah. 7, you can still play online if you wanted to. So Mario Kart DS does have Block Fort. That is true. It's still, in my opinion, the best Mario Kart uh, battle uh, stage. 
Um, I'm trying to think more just like 3DS because he says he had a DS, so I'm sure he's played a lot of uh, DS. It's true, like all his DS stuff's already. Well, I guess over. I guess he said he never really got into the DS library except for Kirby and Mario and Kingdom Hearts. Uh, I'm trying uh, to just think of some of like my favorites. The world ends with you. All the Castlevanias. Yep. If you don't mind destroying your touchscreen, Trauma Center. Uh, I'm blanking on some classics. Etrian Odyssey is good for like RPGs. <clears throat> Bravely Default's good. Yep. It's a good 3DS title. R- uh, Rhythm Heaven. Uh, there's two. This is the DS one, and there's a downloadable 3DS one. Yeah, Rhythm Heaven yeah, Mega yeah. Mix. Mega Mix, which is that's probably the better one to go with because it kind of incorporates a bunch of stuff from the other ones too. The Kirby stuff on 3DS is pretty good. Some decent All fighting right, there's games. Like there. yeah, there's like a, a whole bunch. There's a lot. You'll, you're yeah. not really going to run The foul. DS is arguably like my favorite console or handheld game device, whatever. James says, recently I got to play Double Dash again. While it was a good game, I've played so much Mario Kart 8 recently that I've gotten used to it. And going back to Double Dash felt weird at first. Gotten used to it after a while, though. What game series have you guys played where going back to an older version of it was jarring because you're used to the new version? Mario Kart, definitely. Smash uh, Bros. Smash Bros. Easily. Uh, I, I, I typically see the N64 one more often these days, and I just like never want to play it because it just looks like balls. The uh, Street Fighter games, the older Street Fighter games get, the more clunky they kind of feel. Okay. Um what else some mario games like mario 1 handles real bad by comparison to even like mario 3 yeah i probably wouldn't go back i probably the furthest i'd probably go back is is three um Um, pretty much any iterate yeah pretty much any game that gets like a bunch of sequels like that gears of war one's hard to go back to versus like four and three yeah uh like rock band i get on guitar hero i would just play the the recent ones for sure Mm mm-hmm Although three does have the keyboard, so there's that. Yeah. Uh, Thomas writes in and says, for video games, what would you classify as a trilogy versus a series or saga? You can call the three Spyro games on the PS1 the Spyro trilogy, but would you say that Final Fantasy 4, 5, and 6 are the Final Fantasy SNES trilogy? Would you consider Mario Party 1 to 3 or Super Mario Bros. 1 to 3 trilogies? How about Fire Emblem Birthright, Conquest, and Revelation? Would, would those be the Fire Emblem Fates trilogy? I mean, if it is a set of three, you can use the word trilogy. That's how the English language works. I feel like it's only like a trilogy if, they, if they're somehow like related. Like if you just pick three out of a line of them, I don't like this. Like the fire, the fire, um, the Final Fantasy one. I would not call that a trilogy. I would say those are three in, you know, the fifteen plus mm. that they have. But I would call Final Fantasy thirteen, thirteen two, and yeah. thirteen three a trilogy. Yes, yeah, because that's clearly like a yeah. like a thing. Um, I don't know if so, I'd call Birthright, Conquest, and Revelation the Fire Emblem Fates trilogy. I also wouldn't. Because it's kind of the, I, I know it's supposed it's like different games. They're, they're all like the, they're all technically the same game. But Did, I understand but, like all the levels are like different and whatnot. I know so, but I still wouldn't call it a trilogy. They're either. all yeah, they're all branching paths of the same game. Like I don't know, I wouldn't call Pokemon like red, blue, and yellow the Pokemon Gen One trilogy, for example. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's like when you think of like Emperor's New Groove and then you have Kronk's New Groove. I wouldn't call that a sequel because it's the same movie, but from Kronk's view. And it's I like I'm with you. It's great. It's really funny, too, but it's not a sequel. Mario Party 1 to 3, that's like the least one. Because that just keeps going. That's the least I, I trilogy. Mean, yeah, but I could, you could call that like the the N64 trilogy. I guess it's the yeah, same. Yeah, but I wouldn't call reach. the Final yeah. Fantasy one the SNES trilogy. Like I just. But would you call Gears I, of War? Gears of War 1, 2, 3 is a bad example because it actually has a story that ends in the third game. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. that's a trilogy. And and just like Halo, like they have they're on a second trilogy right now. And Gears is on a second trilogy right now. Like the story is continuing. Um. Yeah, I, I guess for me to think trilogy, I guess I just kind of think story. Yeah, like like there's a you know the per, the parabolic arc. There's a beginning. There's an end kind of to it. Um, Super Mario Bros. One, two, three trilogy. Nah, I'm guessing this kind of this spawned from like the Crash Bandicoot insane trilogy, when like there Maybe. was a bunch more Crash games after, but they were only like it was just the three that were on the uh, PS One that were the proper platforming ones. I guess most of these I would just call them like part of a series using kind of the, some of the terminology he brought up. Um, I, and then a saga. I don't know how I would really. That sounds so I, like that's just another way of saying series. Let's be real. Me. That's just another but way of saying series. I just I don't think I would say that. Like I would feel just kind of like. Like weirdly douchey if I was <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to play the Mario saga right now. And it's like, what are you what are you talking about? Like, uh, yeah, uh, it, I, I feel like something has to be like 900 years old for it to be a saga or something. I don't know. I, most of these, I would just say are part of the series. Uh, the Bakesler. Bakesler. Do you guys think Amiibo figures for Switch games will sell better, worse or about the same <laughs> as on the Wii U? Uh, Worse. Really? No, better, right? What? No, because like everyone's getting sick of uh, amiibos. Honestly, are they? A little bit. They're definitely. Maybe I think that's just you. Maybe it's me. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a pain in the ass to find them all now. At this point. Well, that's the thing is maybe you burnt out. Yeah. You went too hard. Because uh, well, we just said earlier, like the Switch is doing way better than the Wii U, so this is a t- an entirely new yeah. audience. Who's but like, but like games as toys in general is going down. Like Infinity's gone. Skylanders is easing off. Uh, Lego Dimensions is the only one I think that's still going kind of full tilt. Is there another Lego Dimensions game coming out? I don't know, actually. I think that might just be done. Um, But Nintendo keeps announcing Amiibo, and I don't, like, I feel like they would slow down if that was the case. So Amiibo's like the only one working, which is, wow, this was pointed out to me. It's kind of funny that's the case, because they do like the least compared to all the other games. Hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I bet it's just going to do even more when you can do more amiibo with the switch. Like, why not? Did, did they ever take off with people on the 3ds? Well, that's, that's why they did the cards for animal crossing. Right. But I know the new 3ds, you could do, it it could read amiibo and they also sold the NFC. Like, yeah, I just, I don't think I know anyone who ever used an amiibo with a DS. Did you? Uh, yeah, because I played the sports game and, uh, crap, there was another game. Yeah, there was a game that exclusively on 3DS and Wii U that 
you needed amiibos, or otherwise you couldn't play it. That Mario and Friends amiibo fest, or whatever it was. It was basically the. Are you talking about Animal Crossing? No, no, no. Uh, it was like you know the Mario versus Donkey Kong series with the, like the little robotic figures. Yeah. The puzzle game. They made a version that ran that used amiibos. Oh, okay. I don't remember that. All right. It was. A, it good? was. It was a free game. So. Okay. The only cost was literally the amiibos, and you needed to tap the amiibo to actually play as the character. And you Is can't. It good. If you like the Mario and Donkey Kong games, yeah. Okay. So oh, so it was. Basically, those again. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think I think they'll uh, do better just because bigger audience. So why not? I say worse. All right. You say worse. Okay. You want this last question? Sure. Uh, from Final Insanity, in regards to Splatoon's gyro aiming, what mechanics in games did you find cumbersome or annoying at first, but upon learning and practicing with them, ended up really enjoying? Uh, gyro aiming in Breath of the Wild. I honestly hated it at first, and then I realized it was oh. insanely accurate. So, I thought you were just talking about when you like hold up like the binoculars or whatever. But no, no, you no. Can do that with the, with bow, the bow and arrow as well. Yeah, I ne- I turned that off immediately. I never did that. And sometimes it was annoying, but like nine times out of ten, I'd aim with the the pro controller, and then I'd be like, "All right, I'm off by a slight bit." Just tilt the controller slightly and be like dead on. Okay. Yeah, I'm j- I like my analog stick. Um. But upon learning and practicing them, I ended up really enjoying. I I can't think of anything. Hmm. Yeah, honestly, Breath of the Wild is probably the one I'm going to stick with. Any real motion controls in general are usually the case for that. I'm like I'm thinking like you know when I first started Guitar Hero, like playing the five buttons was like it was miserable on my pinky, but now it's like I'm just so used to it, like having not having five buttons would be I feel like I'm missing out a bit mm. someone's saying Mario Kart Wii motion controls no way that is I know I know who, people who swear who, up and down by them what yeah that is ridiculous and they're good that's the thing there are people who use toe controls and are good at them I'm sure that is I'm sure they are like anyone can get good at anything if they play it enough or that you know they bang their head against it but Oh, that sounds miserable. I remember buying Mario Kart Wii and it came with that stupid wheel shell. <laughs> I mean, one of the accessories you can buy for the Switch is a two-pack of uh, steering wheels. Of, of tiny wheels, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's so dumb. All right, uh, that's it for questions. John, where can people send questions for next week? TV Podcast on Twitter, Top Them Respective on Facebook, Top Them Respective at gmail.com and my P.O. Box and the Discord. That is right. Uh, what's your game of the week? I guess it's Splatoon 2. Splatoon 2. And mine is Pyre. All right. That's it for this week, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, we will see you next week, hopefully with Paul. Sweet. Hopefully with Paul. Night, everybody. Bye, guys.